Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good night. And uh, I just had a great salad from that place right on, on 8th. That place at 54th and 8th is a delight. Uh, it's a good salad? Oh, it was nice. fantastic. Good for you. Saif, I don't think we should waste any more time. Okay. Well, I, I just got to say one thing, because you've been talking all the time. Don't get gas at gmail.com. Uh, huh? Exactly. I knew Thanks. it! Um, I'm putting up another improv workshop, because every class I put up so far is sold out. Above, I went above the capacity of the room. I'm like pe- literally sneaking people into the studio for the classes. So I'm putting up another workshop. Uh, just look um, at cyphersounds.com. It should be up soon. It's better to follow my Instagram at cyphersounds. And then uh, if you want to ask me anything, don't get gassed at gmail.com. There's been some real, there's some real talented people out there that don't know what to do with their talent, and they're finding they're their finding. voice. Oh yeah, it's about. I'm about to have an army. Is it really? Is it? Is it? Has it been awesome? No, incredible. Like one of the most satisfying things you've done. Yeah, and teaching is a whole new right, love. You, I didn't even know I had. Have you banged any of your students yet? No. Why? I, I feel weird. We're after class, maybe. Okay. After class. Is <laughs> <laughs> so so follow you on Instagram and email you. Don't get gas at Gmail. Yeah. Thank you. And also, I'm an idiot. We didn't mention it the whole time. This is, I think, the last. Oh, it'll be too late. I think. I think the podcast awards will already be done by the time this episode's up. Mm. We're trying to win this podcast award. I feel you. I want to win it. I would like to take care of all the other business we're supposed to take care of for the longest. Well, that's what you did. No, no, no. I mean, like, oh, get our merch, oh, our site. Yes, no. It won't all get fixed if we win the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I want to get all that. No, I, that makes sense, too. But, but thanks to everyone who voted for us at podcastawards.com. Now, without any further ado. Bad brothers know his name. Oh, what's his name? Oh, yeah. Bad brothers know his name. All right, that's his name, Lord Finesse. Welcome. Hey, what's going on? Finesse, one of my faves. When you say faves, Sife, do you mean fave people or favorite rappers? Rapper, producer, uh, 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 almost like a like a uh, uh, un- informal A and R. You know what I'm saying? He discovered some of our favorite rappers. Like who? I don't know. You ever heard of Big L? Yeah, I have. Okay, so people like that. Okay. Plus, great guy. Fucking great guy. Are you the... Uh, who's the founding father of DITC? Well, um, that, that goes back between, like, Show and Diamond. You know, they started out as uh, the team together, you know, and... um. I just happened, I call myself the glue guy, you know. I just went around and did a couple of things and brought people into the fold, you know. So, um, thank you you for that. Yeah, exactly. Thank you for being that glue. First time I heard, I actually think Return of the Funky Man was the first time I heard him. Ooh, you're late. Yeah, I was late. I I went back afterwards, but I think the first time I remembered hearing at the time was Return of the Funky Man. Um... But by the time that came out, that was already your second album. That was the Return of the Funky Man album. Yeah. You'd already had the uh, 
the uh, Lord Finesse and DJ Mike Smooth album. Definitely correct. Um, Funky Technician. Yeah, that was the first. And that's the first one. And uh, awesome album. Yeah, really, really wasn't the first vocal appearance. What was the first mm. vocal appearance? Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold up before you tell us. You have a guess there? Wasn't the first vocal appearance by Lord Finesse. Mm-hmm. What do you think there, sir? Oh, I don't know. What was the first vocal appearance? <laughs> first vocal appearance was uh, on a record called I'm the King that Diamond produced with uh, this rapper named Raheem. Is Did that have anything to do with Jazzy J? Yes, off the Strong I was going to say something with Jazzy J. God damn it. What, what was it off of? Off the uh, Strong City compilation. Fuck! That was with. I should have just said it. Why didn't I say it? That you was should. when Diamond was with uh, the Ultimate Force. Wow. So, what year are we going back to? Did this happen? 87 or something? Yeah, about like 87, 88, around that time. And at this point, were you producing already as well? No, 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 no. So, at no. first, just MC. Um, I was putting my demo tapes together at that point, you know, but I was around oh, Diamond. I was around Diamond and Master Rob more than I was Mike Smooth at that time. Okay. And then, Who's you know. Who's this Mike Smooth guy? Uh, Mike Smooth is like my big brother, you know. Grew up in the projects, got a big brother. He was a DJ? Yeah, definitely was DJ a DJ. DJ Mike Smooth, man. What, are you, know, what, what are you, an asshole? Like, come on. Eric B. wasn't like, really the DJs a DJ. of the right. block, the DJs of the block was like, it was Mike Smooth, it was Diamond D, it was Show, it was another dude by the name of Supreme, and um, DJ Swan. Those are the DJs of the hood, you know? And what exact hood are we talking about? Talking about Forest Projects. Forest Projects in the BX. Yes. And um, in age range, where were you and next Chili to? Chili D. I mean, no, Another that. DJ. Yeah. And where were you in age range to these guys? Were you the same age or you were the kid? You were a few years younger? Probably like three, four years younger. And um, how early did you meet Diamond D? Uh, man, me and Diamond D went to Catholic school together. I was in whoa, so all the way yeah, back. Yeah, we go, we go way back, like like mock necks and overlaps. Yeah, when you when you think of <laughs> see when people think of crews and say yo we 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 run together, they you know they might think of like Brooklyn. Okay, you from uh, Bed Stuy, this one from Crown Heights, this one. No, and it wasn't like that with us. We was from the same block. Mm. That's me. That's that's Fat Joe. That's Show. That's Diamond, that's Mike Smooth, like, same block, you know. Um, is that it for DITC? Even Coco from SWV. Same block. Yeah. It's history on that block. Wow. But as far as DITC goes, no one else was from that exact block? No. Where's AG from? AG is about, like, maybe five, seven minutes from Forrest and Patterson. Pa- Patterson Projects is where he rests. Right. Okay. But he claims the whole planet. And uh, Buck was the same way. He was from over there off of Cypress, Cypress Avenue in the Bronx. What the fuck was in the water up there, Seth? It's where it came from. It's the Mecca. I mean, it, it, I mean, you guys, this this crew of people, I mean, it was insane the level of talent that was coming out of the BX that time. Yeah. When you, when you can look back and reflect, you can just go, yeah. That's a lot of shit going on. Yeah. Um, I was a little upset that Finesse didn't pop a little bit more for when I said me and Diamond go back like mock necks and overlaps. Sorry, it was Laura literally the exact the reference. She's here. Well, tell her to come upstairs. Hey, Gabs. Gabby, can you open the door for Laura? All right. Laura can come and Laura can come participate. I, we, I love uh, Finesse. Finesse loves to have more beautiful onlookers while he's doing a podcast. Yeah. 
Um, well, anyways, my the reference from that song, we'll get to that song much later. Oh, right. That was a fantastic song that came out. Sorry, what song? Um, the B-side, the Diamond D B-side for um, The Shit Is Real. You can't front, Jack. Oh. Yeah, that's the song. Amazing. Well, you know what? It just came up, so we might as well. I might as well do it right now. I made a radio edit for this, too, actually. It's ridiculous. Oh, what the fuck is this? I was telling you about Kenyatta. What's this? What's this? Who's Kenyatta? Yes, he was one of the A&Rs at, um, at uh, Polygram at the time. Yo, that's that Sadat X, Diamond D, and Law Finesse piece. Oh, okay. All right, all right. Hey, yo, you know that this shit is real. Sit on front, Jack. Oh. Yo, you know that this shit is real. Sit on front. Yo, you know this shit is real. Sit on front, Jack. Hey, yo, you know that this shit is real. You can't front. Mmm, straight to my toes making this that hit. The brothers often say that the quiet poor head is... Did Diamond do that one? Oh, uh, wow. Diamond and Buck. Diamond and Buck to that. Hey, Laura Styles. Hi. How Thanks. are you? I'm just in the background. That's Lord Finesse. Hey, Hi, how you doing? How are you? I'm good. Mm. That's uh, That was actually Buck's first placement. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yes. Well, he was a DJ before that, right? Mixtape DJ. Yeah, that's where I met Buck at, Rock and Well. Same Holy place. shit, that's a good way to come out of the gate. Oh, shit. Oh, yo, what the shit. fuck is yo, this, that's yo. That shit. yo, you know a song's good if the first... Uh, any good, any any song that starts with, oh, shit, always <laughs> means it's good. Oh, shit. Yo. It's like when Dirty started Brooklyn Zoo, and the first ad-lib is him just going, shit. <laughs> and word. <laughs> oh, anyways, so we're getting ahead of ourselves. So, uh, you're a few years younger than Diamond and these guys. Um, were you a... Uh, Please don't be offended by this. Were you a nerdy kid? I mean, you're obviously deep into the music. Were you? Were you like a social kid? Were you, we always, you know, every rapper we think and the voice, everything. You seemed like the coolest dude ever. Were you super cool, or were you a nerd, or were you a mix of both? What was, was your deal? Uh, it's a combination of three things. Okay, I could say the nerd thing because I went to Catholic school. Not embarrassed by that. Of course, shouldn't be. Um, comedian. All I did was. Me in a hood snapping. That was our favorite pastime thing to do. And then, you know, somewhat got the street education from hanging around certain individuals, you know, growing up. So I was blessed to get all three. And how serious, at what age did you start taking the music real serious? Well, I was trying to get on from the years of, like, me being 14 and 19. So starting at 14... Yeah, you were down to you were trying to get on as what would have been a kid rapper at the time. You yeah, were I was I was more a comedian in the, the range of fourteen to sixteen. I think when I went to um, Park West High School, that's when it changed. Oh, Park West. Yeah. Oh boy, Saif. Uh, tell me, tell me about some, it. Had some dealings with some kids over there. How were those dealings? Did it result in you having a pounded in face? Yeah, because somebody kicked me in the back, and I felt. Down to the what ground. You went to printing or something? No, nah, I was in the wrong neighborhood at the wrong time. What were you doing? Trying to fuck up there? Hanging out at the Museum of Natural History. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking nerd. You got beat up by kids from the Bronx while you were at the Museum of uh, Natural Park History. Park West is not in the Bronx. Oh, where's, where's Park West? You see, you don't know shit. <laughs> don't try to make up for Park it. West is in Manhattan. Where in Manhattan? <laughs> About four blocks from here. Oh, it's right. It's like a midtown place. The Museum of Natural History. Okay. Fiftieth, <laughs> 50th and tenth. Okay, so you were at the Museum of Natural History, and you just ran into some kids. Yeah, and they weren't feeling you. It was like a what size you wear, shorty? One of them. Type oh of my! How many yeah. times that happened to you? Many times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And thank you to those kids for doing that. Because thanks to Scythe having all these things happen, I got to learn so many life lessons because they happened to Scythe and not to me. He'd be like, no, no, here's what you need to do. Park West was like, where, why, why'd you go there? I went there, honestly, for electrical engineering. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, um, God, but it was like so those weird. type of schools were like, there was like a, a couple of schools in the city where it, you didn't go to your zone high school. You go to like a vocational school. So it'd be people from all. Right. People that went to those type of schools are more well-rounded because they met people from other boroughs and would go right. travel to Brooklyn or Queens. And so Park West was like people from all boroughs going to one spot. You know, that's the weirdest thing about New York schools. Yeah. The idea that at 14, 15, you were starting to try to go study electrical engineering. I probably, yeah. Um, I went there, yeah, to get electrical engineering training, and the program no longer existed when I got there. So, so what were you there for at that point? Rapping. Yeah, I was rapping. in the lunchroom and the lunchroom and the gym. That was who else was in the lunchroom over there? Anyone else? Oh know? man, uh, Rich Nice went there. Okay, Rich Nice. Um, MF Grimm. Oh, okay. Um. Kane was there. I think Kane was there a year before me. Wow. Eminon, the beatbox dude, okay. he was there. He was the one doing the beatbox most of the time. Oh, wait. What did Moby tell us last week? Didn't Kane go to high school with his boy that was in his group? AB Love or AB One or something? What, who was in a group with Mo? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but that's where they went to high school together in Manhattan? No, but I'm Park glad West. you I'm glad you remember. They said Park West? I don't think he said Park West, but he but said that's school in Manhattan. So, um... So there you start honing the skills, right. literally rapping at the lunch table. A lot of people oversell the, the lunch table. Were you really at the lunch table? Were no, people really was at the lunch table. Literally people knocking on the table or beatboxing? Definite, definite. And then on, like I would, I would cut school and go to other schools to battle people, and that's how I met AG, during my time in Park West. And did you have any specific rhymes that you would always go back to? Do you remember any of your ad-libs, like any of your common lines? I can't remember none of what that. What was your stuff. rap name at this point? Lord Finesse. Always. Back then? Nah, when, when I was younger, it was like, you know, the, what was it, MC Rob Ski or something like back in the days. And, you know, as you grow older, I don't want no Rob Ski. That just sounds corny. I want something prominent, something that 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 just means something, something monumental when you say the name of who that dude, you know? You, you got it right with Lord Finesse. How'd you come up with that? Dictionary. Mm. You know, I wanted a word that meant something. I ain't want Master C or or this and that. I wanted, you know, I you wanted did. the title, but I wanted the name to describe who I was as a as a MC. And, and what about how does five percenter come into this? Is that the Lord? Were you five percenter? Nah, I wasn't five percenter. I was around all. A lot of them. Yeah, most of my most of the people I hung around was all all God bodies righteous. You know. So I've I've learned a lot of stuff from being around them. Yeah, so I heard I'm, a couple of dips and dabs in some of your rhymes. Yeah, little well, quick, you hear quick ones though. Quick, quick little shout out, just a shout. Yeah, out. not no heavy shit, just quick. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm surprised you didn't go with a, a grand wizard. There's so many grand wizards. Nah, Lord, nobody had that title at then. At that oh, point, Lord, Lord, there wasn't no lords in the Bronx. It wasn't no lords. Period. And what about Lord Alabaski? He wasn't from the Bronx. Good so, point. You know. Uh, what I think about? he was Jersey, right? I don't know. I was just remember, uh, thinking of the first Lord that came to my mind from okay. from a long time ago. Um, but you came up with a great friggin' name. So you come up with Lord Finesse. Were you good at first? Or did you just have a hot name? I was comedic. Like, if you battle me, I'm going to snap all over you. 
That must have been you. You and Big L must have related on this a lot because I feel like L was oh, a master man. of that. That that seemed like to, such a forte for him. I mean, we got just countless memories of us thinking of the stupidest things to put in rhymes and and making it work. Like somebody could say a joke and we're already formulating it, trying to put it in the rhyme. And that's where a lot of the funny stuff come off at because that's how we were normally. You know, especially Al. Al, Al could tell you, Al could be mad and tell you a story and it's still funny. No matter how serious and mad he is, the story just somehow comes out funny. Right, right, right. Um, all right, we'll get to Big Al, of course. But so, did you get a, did you get a, any sort oh, of, okay. I was gonna say, did you make any headway while you were still in high school with the, with rap? Like, was it already happening? I had to, I had to leave the, I had to leave Park West. I wound up going to Mars, the round away school that, that my grandmother didn't originally want me in at first because Ma- she felt like. Sife, you know anything about the school? No, I, I missed it. What Morris? Morris High School. Oh, God. Bad? Not good. You want no part of it? You would want no part of it? And who any, who was in that school? Uh, nah, just just all the people from around the way. More ball players than it was, you know, artists, you know. So it wasn't a very artist-heavy school or... Yeah, like, you had some around the way dudes, dudes from other ways that, that rap, but it wasn't like heavy like that. And so you finish out over there. Definitely. And did anything happen at this point? You want any talent shows? Um, you got any attention? Has anything started? Nah, I, I had attention by the time I had Mars. I was going like to all parts of the Bronx Challenge and whoever thought they was the dude. You know, that's I wanted to be the best. I wasn't in it to be like mediocre. I was in it to like, yo, I went and challenged the best and and that's how that's how. How does that know. work, by the way? Everyone, when you talk about that era, going from neighborhood to neighborhood. Nah, because you you can do a cipher somewhere, and somebody go, oh, he all right, but my man over here. And then you say, go get your man. Yeah, like, go get your man. Or matter of fact, I'll go see you and your man, you know, like like that. Oh, what a time. Yeah, so, you know, we took ciphers and all that stuff, like, serious. I mean, during summer school of 89, that's when I was working on Funky Technician. And I feel like, if I'm not mistaken, Guru had something to do with this. Or yeah. he, he heard your demo. Yeah. Because um, he was at Wild Pitch. Guru was at Wild Pitch. That's crazy. And Guru was telling Stu Fine, like, look, I like this dude. You got to gotta sign this one here. I, you know, I don't ask you for much, but I want this dude here. Right. You know? And Stu wasn't a firm believer. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, he's, he's okay. His voice, you know. And then, um, I, you know, once again, put me in a seminar. That was my thing. I want to show you how nice I am. I know I'm nice. And he put me in a seminar. And um, during that time, it's like Mikey D was the champion. And I beat the champion, like, in the first round. Didn't win the whole thing, but the point was made from the first round. Oh, yeah, yeah you're one of those classic guys that, Always came in second place, but did better than all the people that came in first place. Like, that was a blessing, you yeah. know, because when I look at the seminar, it was great for exposure. Tell, okay, what is the seminar? New, New music, music seminar, seminar was the thing Tom Silverman put together every year with the best rappers, the best DJs, and they go at it head to head. And Fresco won that year, Miz won that year. That's how you got Fresco and Miz, but 
so many artists. Like, do you know Fresh Go and Miz? I remember seeing the record. I don't know Fresh Go and Miz. Wow. I don't. I seen the records. It was on. Guess uh, what I know? Guess what I know? Select Records? No. No. Uh, 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 the one with EPMD was on. No, Tommy Boy. Fresh. Oh, Tommy, Tommy Boy. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, I'm thinking of. Oh, I'm thinking of something else. Oh, yeah. Fresh Go and Miz. What was that record? Uh, aren't you Fresco and think we we don't play or you know. Let me tell you something about Fresco and Miz. I don't know about them. You know who I do know? Saif? Lord Finesse? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that was the point of the story. <laughs> um so so you do you go on to the you're going to a new music seminar, you're making a name, people are trying are starting to figure it out, but Stu Fine isn't completely convinced. How does Guru end up getting you the deal? No, I was signed because you have to be signed to get in the new music. Oh, well, you had to be straight up signed already to even get right, in. Right, right. So I was signed at that point. But right after that, it was, let's, let's make the album now, you know. And as he had uh, Premier in the crowd, Premier was just fresh from Texas. You know, him and Guru just finished up No More Mr. Nice Guy. Mm, early. And he was sitting in the crowd with, you know, with Stu Fine, Premier, you know. And Stu was like, well, what you think of him? I want to work with him immediately. As soon as this over, let's... And that's what it was. Like, right after that, that's when uh, Premier and... He did you nasty? Yeah. He produced it? Yeah, and Strictly for the Ladies. Oh, classic. That was... I was the first artist outside of Gangstar that Premier worked with first. And then no one for a while, and then he got into his DJ Premier shit. Right. Oh, those drums... That's what drew me to the whole song was the drums. It wasn't even no music. Just that's it. They funky. Every demo I made back in the day had these drums. I just jacked these drums. (laughs) Have to hear. Lord Finesse Uh, loves starting verses with Lord Finesse. I'm so smooth like clouds in the atmosphere. I'm spectacular, so damn terrifying. That whack MC don't think about ever trying to just flip because what it boils down to. You won't survive the steps in me. Can I take my ad libs to this? Yeah. And expand like a great man. Louie, turn that shit down. Make them extra scary. Watch Finesse. That was your mom? Yo, I used to blast this shit, son. <laughs> pretty mean. Funky pretty technician? Mean. You ever yeah. heard of Funky Technician? The song? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's... it's they much. used it first. He used the sample first. Yeah, this, is a, this is one of the best. You say Lord Finesse first thing. You always felt that your name had to be there so people know exactly from the jump who you was listening to. Play play that second one. Before Nas. Before Nas. Fire. You were on it, man. Y'all were on. Who did this one? Diamond did all the James Brown stuff. Diamond was a James Brown addict. But Primo did Baby You Nasty and Funky Technician. No, Strictly for the Ladies. Strictly, I mean, Strictly for, for the Ladies. ladies. And uh, who, who did Baby You Nasty? Premier. What? Premier did Baby You Nasty, oh. Strictly for, for the, the ladies. ladies, Track the Movement. And uh, Diamond also did Funky Technician. Diamond did Funky Technician. He did uh, Bad, Mother. Bad Mother, Keep the Crowd Listening. Um, you didn't do anything? Keep it, keep you were it producing flowing. It? Nah, I was a fly on the wall just watching. Ooh. 
that was diamond. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Lord Finesse and Andre the Giant here to get funky for you and yours tonight. So just about now, won't y'all brothers come to the stand and kick something funky. A man thought he could test me and possess a better skill. His man shook his head and his mother said, you better chill. I love AG. We need to, I've been trying to get him up here for a little while, too. Um, it's funny, too, you know, in knowing that now, how early this was for everyone, you can really hear how much more simple everything is. Like, yeah. even Diamond's loops here are way more simple than they were by the time he got to his album a couple years later. Right. Um, was he pissed about the uh, DOS Effects record? Was anyone nah, pissed about that? Nah. But, nah, actually... Rap is an art. You can't own no loops. But Diane, I mean, show was chopping way before. Show was chopping on that album. When you listen to um, just a little something, that's all broken up, except for certain, you know, added sounds. But for the most part, that's a chop. Was show uh, was show de- what producing from all the way back then too? Yeah, show show been producing. Um, he was actually. Wow, show show been producing. He he had some things. I think he was running with Raw Bass in the younger younger years. Wow. Ooh. Yeah. Was show known as the um, was show always known as the member of DITC or your your pre DITC just your people not to be fucked with? Was he always mm. regarded as such? He has a very strong rep- reputation as being not to be fucked with. Yeah, you could say that. You can you can definitely say that. She, no one was no one was coming up and just rolling up and talking shit to show. Nah, show's show's been show was might as well say show's an OG, you know? Um show's been in the game since he was like fifteen, sixteen. He was doing clubs at fifteen, sixteen. So he he's learned the streets way, way more advanced than we did when we was coming up. So uh how did the, how did this album do? How did the uh, funky technician album do? I wouldn't even know. I never really. You didn't see any money from him. You see money, but you know those days you was just happy to be on until, and you know you I mean, feel like, good. Who like what was like who played it on the radio that made you feel good? Like did Red Alert play it or Red? Red was tough to to break through in the younger years, you know. Yeah. But when he found something he liked, he, he ran, ran it in the yeah. ground. But just to say, yo, Red play this. If he wasn't feeling it, yeah, he just funny. that was the. The best in- integrity about Red is he ain't he ain't, he wouldn't like Java. He wouldn't bullshit you. But he never did. He didn't get on Funky Technician. Nah, not Funky Technician. I think Molly Molly got on Funky Technician from a street avenue. You had like Brucey e. B and um Kid Capri. Mm-hmm. All the street dudes was on it hard. They were more than playing more what than radio. What was the song? They were it was playing? playing everything. Really, it was playing everything. Yes. So you were getting love around the way. Yeah. You definitely. could tell that it was starting to build. Yeah. Nah, the love was there until you see an artist with like a quarter of your talent driving and you wondering what's going on. Like, you know, what's yeah, Ness, you my favorite. By the way, I catch you later. <laughs> you know. You're like, sweet, I'm going to go ahead and take this bus. Yeah, you know. Um. So uh, after that's done. Trying to remember the order then. Your second album still came out before Diamond D's first album? Yes. And before Runaway Slave? Yes. So you still you came out again with Return of the Funky Man. Yeah, but there right. was stuff, but Party Groove was way before Runaway Slave. 
True. Party it was Groove. like an EP, right? The show right. is a, of a course. G-E-P. Party, the, party. The, red, the red label EP. The Party Group, which I um, I still don't have the original copy of, by the way. Oh, I got... I, I should probably get it now. That was done around the time of Funky Tech. I mean, uh, Return of the Funky Man. Because we was both in, in Jazzy J's studio at the same time. And when you know. he doesn't give you this beat, do you get very upset? Do you cry? No, the, 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 <laughs> the, the truth of the matter is that was over me and AG's head because when we heard him putting it together, we like, what's that? You know? And it was the horns. We we didn't understand that. And I'm, I'm not ashamed to admit it. It flew over my head. I was like, nah, that ain't. That's why nobody's ain't. rapping on it. We ain't. Exactly. So but, you didn't even want to rap on it. You didn't get it. You just didn't nah, get it at first. You nah, didn't see where like, it was going with it. Like when he came in, I know he did that. They did um, Giant in the Mental. Oh, that's one of my favorite yeah, songs. Giant of all yeah, time. that was done in uh, J Studio. Oh, and, it's amazing. I don't have Giant in the Mental in here. Your hands but this this started moving a little bit, right? Yeah, this this was it right here. The Giant is greater, so step back. I know you were told black about the soul. Would this be considered the the biggest early DITC hit? I would say yeah, definitely. Yeah, Dre. Definitely. Did this get you guys all psyched up? Yeah, it, it, at that time everything was happening so fast. It was normal, but everything was going at such a high rate because we was all running and doing what we was doing. So you you really can't reflect on this stuff until like right now we could sit back and go wow yo remember that time remember this time we sitting i mean on my time, birthday it was just yeah we sit and drink and talk about all these days and and can really appreciate it yeah but at the time i guess you don't know i mean and not only that you guys were so you know it does, it's not like you were the 91, 92 is still so early in yeah. the grand scheme of things. And they were like just trying to make records, like making records were like almost in the way of fucking bitches. You know what I'm saying? What do you mean? It was getting in the way of fucking bitches? No, it was, he got it right. It was like music, club, women, yeah. music, club, yeah. women. It was a lifestyle. It wasn't like we need to make this hit record. Oh, we need right. this record. We, it was just natural, you know, even to the point the, where club, women, you know, you knock something off, yeah. chick could still be lying in the bed, you jump on a drum machine. Right. Like, natural. But the thing is, that blows my mind, is at this point, there's only a, there's not, not many precedents have been set about how you could have a career doing this. You know, you're only talking about a handful of successful, really successful rappers that even existed. I mean, you know, it started in the late 80s that there were guys who were really living well off of rap, right? Right. And there's not that many and they were Kane, LL, well. KRS, and they weren't that right. That's what I'm saying. So, like, I just feel like it's amazing because you guys were, in a certain sense, even though you had some people in front of you, you were also making it up as you went along. That's what I'm saying. It was, it was, not really done by design. You know, yeah. when something's done by design, it's it's like a, a design formula. Our formula was just a natural cultural formula. It wasn't like. It was all organic. It wasn't like processed or, you know, how, you know, it wasn't synthetic. It was just all natural. When did, uh, when did you start messing with beats? Uh, during, during the Return of the Funky Man. What did you do on Return of the Funky Man? 
Oh, wow. What can I remember doing on that? It was like, man, it's a couple of joints. I know it's a joint with me and AG, Fat for the 90s. Um, It was a couple of joints. Dudes was bringing loops in, and I was sitting there organizing everything. So I was in it from that standpoint, you know. The first record I went in with nobody, just me and an engineer, nobody had to be, uh, you know what I'm about. It's the first record ever with nobody. Where you produced it, you wrote it, you rapped on I it. I did everything. And you didn't need anyone else there. Yeah, that was like, that was my proudest moment. Like, this especially is- when I did it and people were like, yeah, what the hell is, yo, who did that? And you're like, yo, I did it. Yeah, yeah you lying. No, no, I really did that. Liar. Liar, exactly. <laughs> so that make you even more happy because you go, I think I got something here. And that's when I went into full mode. And that's when you, like my earliest beats was, Lifestyles of the Porn Dangerous, uh, Fat Joe's I'm Living Fat. All that stuff was like the first beats. Mm. The first round of credits. Yes. At this point when you're working on Return of the Funky Man, is DITC an actual thing? No. Still not a thing. It was a song. No. It was a, yeah. It, it was, was a the, DITC ain't started until that showbiz and AG record, Digging in the Crates. And, um... It's a song, it's still a song from that era I wish I had with just Diamond and Show. Killing it. Killing it. A ain't come to a session. The beat was up. They was feeling it. They wrote to it. Killed it. I I swear I wish I had that song. But there's another song that was made that never came out? Before Digging in the Crates, yes. Same beat? No. Oh, it was different. Wait, doesn't it never came out? Never came out. We don't know where it is. Show have to go through his, his cassette tapes or something. If he ever found that, priceless. Wait, it was... Oh, wow. It was hot. It was crazy. <clears throat> it was Diamond D and Showbiz. Killing it. Would you say that Diamond D and Showbiz are the... If you had to point, you know, say the absolute essence of DITC? Yeah, all the time. Diamond That's D why I don't, I don't consider myself a founder because I was inspired by them to be a part of what they were doing and was blessed to find the members that I found and, and, and brought to the circle. It was their energy that inspired me to do those things. So that's why, you know, when people say you're the founder and I, I don't like to take that credit, I, you know, because they were my heroes growing up showing and um diamond, even when we was doing funky technician, I'm telling Mike smooth, like I want to get some beats from them. I got to work with them. But you are the man who brought, uh, who did you bring to the table for DITC? Oh, okay. Wow, where do we okay. start with this? Here we go. All right, you got Show and Diamond. Okay. During my off time, I made mixtapes, and I used to sell them mixtapes in Harlem. That's where I bumped into Buck Wow. When Buck Wow, when, when Mike Smooth wasn't traveling with me, Buck Wow was DJing for me. So the that's how that was happened. Mike Smooth? Mike Smooth... Mike busy, Smooth man. always had a corporate job. He he oh, was good. He was working. He was good. <laughs> you know, people say, well, well, what happened to Mike Smooth? Mike is always good. He's good now. He's always you been know? good. Yeah. He came to my house for my birthday. Shout out Mike Smooth. But, um, yeah, so I had so Buck. Met Buck Wild up there. I had Buck with me. And then during the course of an autograph signing in the same store, me and Buck Wild did the mixtapes. That's where Big Al came in at. Classic. You know, finally got a rest. 
So when you got Big L there, then we went on the Source tour where Buck was DJing for me, and it was the weirdest tour. It Why was, was it so weird? Because all the artists was just, you never, this combination is just unorthodox. Who, who, who was that? Roxanne Shantae, uh, RSO, A-Team, Power Rule, a group on Cold Chillin', Little Power Bastards. Rule. Oh, my God. Search was hosting. Bismarck was spinning. You had, um, who else you had? Uh, shoot. Had a group called Little Bastards off of Cold Chillin'. Um, organized Confusion. With a young OC. It's all one tour? It's all one tour. The friggin' mess. Right. You know. So and you, now, and you brought Big L and Buckwild? No, I brought just uh L was still in school. It was me and Buckwild. You and Buck and he, he did DJ for you, okay. Yeah, and that's where him and OC formed that relationship where look when this tour is over, I wanna work with OC. I want you to help me do his demos and therefore that's the whole word life thing. Mm-hmm. That's where it all came together. Right. Thank uh, you. Thank you very much. Good job. Uh, Fat Joe was the neighborhood dude, you know, neighborhood hustler, you know, and Diamond was doing his early promos. That Red Alert used to play on Hot oh, 97. Amazing. And got his his deal with Relativity. No, that wasn't Fat Joe. Yeah, that was no, Fat Joe. It was Joe the Fat Gangster. Well yeah. said. <laughs> well said, Saif. This is Joe the Fat Gangster. Name's too long, buddy. <laughs> All right, fine. Fat Joe. <laughs> that was a promo right there. That was, And then it turned into yeah, a record. I remember this. I heard that on the radio. And this? Yeah. Not this song, but it was a promo for Red Alert. And Joe got on because he was performing in, in the Apollo. And we used to all go to the Apollo to support Joe. And his deal came after that. Did you guys think that Joe was really good then? Or, like, did you think he had potential and was just more of a cool guy? Like, because you go back and hear how simple he was compared to where he ended up, and it's obviously a huge difference. Well, we looked at it like if you was fam, you was fam. We ain't really go on that weakest link. Of course you got people saying, yo, how he get down? He wasn't this at that time because it was love. You know, we grew up from the hood. We was all together, and it's like if this is what you want to do, we're going to support you. And that's how that came about. So... You know, when you look at it now, you know, after everything and he's where he's at now, you know, that's how it happened. Made the right choice. Uh, have you have I don't, I don't like to go too de- deep into new stuff and what's gone on with uh, personal relationships and stuff. But are are you and Joe OK at this point or not great? Um, I guess we are. I didn't speak to Joe in a couple of years, but we are. Because everyone always kind of speculated that the reason the full DITC concert reunions haven't come together is because you and Joe haven't been. Well, there was an issue. Yeah. I don't remember this. I don't know. It was like a huge issue. It was just like they weren't great anymore. Like things just seemed to have gotten weird or something. How's that how I took it? Um or there was some sort of something that happened, but not it's hard to explain. It's it's not I mean, matter of fact, speaking to Joe, rest in peace to full flex. Yeah. You know, he just passed away. Oh, did he? You didn't hear that? No. Yeah. Um, I'm out the loop. I keep uh, full flex I saw it on Instagram like three, four days ago. Oh no. Yeah. So He's rest a cool man. guy, man. Yeah. Oh, rest yeah. in peace. That was a T.S. underboss. He's the one that made a lot of things happen. Yeah, he was a cool guy. But, um... How'd he die? Did he say? I'm not, I'm not sure. So yeah, I don't never want to speculate unless I'm yeah. absolutely sure. No, yeah, I, I didn't see it. Oh, man. You know, but, um... 
Nah, I just think we all went our own ways. And, you know, I think at the height of digging in the crates, if we would have did it, like, went full-fledged, then it would have been great. But to kind of do it now, after the fact, I don't know. It's it's weird Is it now. more that you're upset that he started hanging out with a bunch of Puerto Ricans? Is that what you're upset mm, about? Joe always hung out with Puerto Ricans. I know <laughs> okay. all the Puerto Ricans, right. so it was never that. Like I said, all right, it, you all right. know. Isn't that you reaching? We <laughs> took a shot at it. Took a shot in the dog. So I've always <laughs> needs to know if people are going and gunning for Puerto Rican. <laughs> I just need to know. So um and and, and 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 while we're in that same vein, so do you not see it being possible that there could be like a full on DITC something or other again with everyone involved? Everybody is so into what they're doing, including myself. So I'm I'm not gonna just tell people because I haven't released the album in over twenty years. So for me to, really? no, for me 20. to, yes. Awakening was 95? Yes, 95, 96. Okay. It was almost 20 years. Yeah. So for me to come back, I want to I want to do something on my terms. Like I, I need to put something out where I'm happy with it before I can get into doing what anybody else want to do. It's like during the course of my hiatus, everybody did their own albums, projects, whatever. And, you know, I did mine, you know, but it wasn't from a rap standpoint. So for it to come back together and and fruition, it has to be huge. It can't be a mixtape. It can't be nothing silly and stupid. If we're going to do it, let's do it for real. Let's do it real, real, real big. And if you ain't talking about it real big, then don't waste my time with it. That's how I look at it. Cause, well, because you're good. You don't need it financially. Um, I mean, I'm sure it's always a bonus to get. Some, yeah, I mean, I just look at digging for what. I mean, make no mistake about it. I mean, when I look at all the crews in the world, with the exception of Wu-Tang, I don't think no other crew has accomplished what we accomplished from a production standpoint, from a a, a group standpoint of all the rappers and what they did with their classic albums. You know, I give Wu-Tang the highest praise. I love them dudes to death. But when I when you look at how many crews out there, how many have the rappers we have and how many got the producers we have Very all tough. in one and discography, because when I say it, I say it with pride. I say it with confidence. So people might mistake it as a little bit of cockiness. Oh, he cocky his crew. Uh, you know, nah. just look at the look at the body of work. Look at Diamond's body of work. Look at Buck's body of work. Look at my body of work. Look at show's body of work as producers. And then put all the rap albums together and the unreleased B-sides and the... And then the MCs, you have Fat Joe and AG. And, I mean, in Big L, you have one of the most meaningful, you know, the way he's regarded is incredible. And then yourself. And it's a lot. So to do something small at this time, is it's just stupid to me, you know? Either we do it for real, all out, world tour, let's let's dominate the game, just leave me alone. So when people approach me... If you ain't approaching me with that format, just leave me alone. You know, a lot of people call, Yo, I, you know, do a 16 on my record. It's a good look for you. Get out of here, man. No you know? interest. No interest. Like, one is getting me to say yes. That's more than money. See, and, and by the way, now I think we're getting to a little bit more of the root of some of the difficulties. You're not, you don't just go off and do random stuff. No. Not at all, because I believe in 
quality. I believe in what I'm doing. It has to be dope, man. I don't want to jump on some record because it's a good look. I don't need the look. Never ask for the look. You know, I like to work with people I honestly and truly respect. So getting me to say yes is one thing. And once I say yes, your money better be right. If your money ain't right, then leave me alone. I'm wasting my time. Well, this leads me to ask the question, Saif. My favorite question. What do you think it's going to be? Uh, how much money you got? <laughs> <laughs> what what production? What new, And we'll get back to the order, sort of your body of work and things like that. But what work did you do that has done the best for you financially and allowed you to make those choices? Some artists don't have choices to make. You've been afforded the opportunity to make choices. It's not just what production. It's just having, being blessed with the option to get money from several different incomes. That's the blessing. It's not just the record. It's just overall the things I've been able to accomplish in the game and still are accomplishing, you know, still is accomplished, you know, however you want to put it. (laughs) Sounds, I got you, but, you know, from the music. Yeah, but from the music, what are those best chiggity checks that come in from the music? The I mean, publishing? no, no doubt. It, it has to be the Dre. It has Dre to is be, the best? It has to be Dre, yeah. Oh. That Chronic 2001. Yes, that's the that's the best. You know, Suicidal Thoughts and, you know, mm-hmm. the, the Biggie stuff still comes in. But Dre, by far, is, that's the greatest blessing, you know. And that was a, did that album go diamond? What did that sell? Like, the, did it sell 10 million or? I think seven. Seven, eight million? Yeah. You know, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it was. How did it that come great. to be? How did the Dre production come to be? Um, I heard some of this before. I mean, with the Dre, it was me and Melman. Melman was in a store in New York called A1 Records. Of course. Yeah, I heard this. And we were in there at the same time. I'm digging. He's digging. He's looking like, nah, that's not finesse over there. And I ain't know who he were, who he was. You know, I know we just started building. Or for the love of music. Record store shit. Yeah, record store shit. And it Good was like, days. he told me he was out there working with Dre. And I'm like, oh, word, okay. That's a good look, you know. But who he is as a person, is it was just it was just crazy. He was a, he was the, the ultimate cool dude. And I'm like, yo, well, I run a basketball tournament. Come hang out in the hood, you know. I'll come get you. Went down to his hotel, brought him up to the Bronx, hung out with me that day. You know, he got the really being a heart of the Bronx. I mean, he got the first time he ever seen Joe. He seen Pun. Everybody at the basketball game chilling. You know, wait, Joe was there. Joe was there. Pun was there. Joe Show was there. I don't give a fuck about the Rucker. This remember that he said it on the song. He did. This Why was did before he, he put a team in the Rucker. Okay. He had a team in the hood, in the hood okay. joint and. I know, I guess that inspired him to go to the rock. Okay, all right, you know? all right, all right. I just remember him saying. He That's like, that was just on a song, though. I just don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> you want him to be consistent. Hey, so, um, and, and so you guys just become buds, and then... He, yeah, and three weeks later, you know, I get flown out to Cali. You did you get a call like, yo, it's Dre. Did that ever happen? Nah, it was no. like, yo, I told Dre, yo, he was the coolest, man, and yo, he, he want to send for you. And here know, we go. That's how that happened. And, you know, it wasn't the first time that I played them joints. It was more like maybe the second second time I was out there. And this was for the next album after The Awakening, which was his message. That was my song. And it had the hook on there. Rel was on there. 
Mary wasn't on there. Had an artist by the name of Crystal Johnson. She was on there. And, and he, it, it was he, quiet for her after he after she, he decided to put Mary on it. Yeah, yeah. And Crystal mean, Johnson was the one on the Mob Deep record. Yes. Oh yeah. Yes, Crystal's dope. So Jay, so Dre never called and said this to you. <laughs> yeah. What up? This is Dr. Dre. Never had that moment. Nah, no, <laughs> I ain't had that moment. But um, what up? this is Dr. Dre. I'm waiting for that still. So he heard um he heard the joint. He actually stepped out the room and heard the joint, and he was like, "Yo, he called Mailman. Yo, what the hell is that? Oh, that's that's finesse joint, you know." And then, wait, who you talking about that? You talking about that little idea? If I So um, yeah. This one is for my brother. Let's see if I'm instrumental. So he basically, he was like, "Yo, I know this is for your album, but yo, I." What would you want for it? And, you know, my thing is like, huh? You know, like, shoot, you, you can have for your album, you know? Because you already know. It's going to be better look on Dre's album, like, yeah, no matter what. Is, shoot, the numbers is going to do on your album. It's going to be a great look on mine, but, you know, to be able to say I've, I've produced a Dr. Dre joint is, I mean, it's still... I'm still caught right now, caught up in there. Like, I still don't believe it. You know, I was just with Dre, not this summer, the year before last. I was out there five months working with him. Hold on. Sife? Sife, yes. come on back, Sife. I'm, I'm back. I'm here. You hear what you just said? Yeah, he's working with Dre. For five months? Yeah, he had me out there five yeah. months. And, and, and but it doesn't matter. Because whatever he was working on is never coming out. Wow. Do you feel that way? Do you feel like it's never going to come out? I don't, it's hard for me to say this. He, he has some phenomenal records. I mean. How much have you heard? I heard some, some incredible joints. I won't say I heard all of them, but the stuff he was playing me is just like, I think the longer he takes, the more people expect. And the expectation is insurmountable right now. You know, I think if he would have just dropped whatever it was, he would have been good. But the longer, you know, it's like when it finally drops, people are expecting perfection. And even if it's perfect, even if it's it perfect, change the name. it's called it something else. Detox is never coming out. Oh, but here's Dr. Dre. New shit. Yeah, you I want. mean, hopefully with this N.W.A. album, uh, you know, the Movie? soundtrack, Sound. maybe you'll hear some. You know, I'm, 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 that's the great platform for it. I would. But oh, you spent you know. five months in LA? Yeah. You were in there every day? Like it was. No, nah, not every day. But, but it was, you know. but it was why you were in LA. I it, mean, was it was definitely why I was in LA. I mean, there's just some benefits definitely. to be in LA. It wasn't like certain stuff you don't, like certain people want that like Instagram look or that Twitter look. And when I was out there, I would never take pictures of me and him together or nothing because I don't I don't want that. You know, if you think I ain't doing nothing, if you think I'm at the bottom of a cliff somewhere, then think that, you know. But just to be there and learn so much from him, you know, in the time of being there, it was a great look because it's more than money. People would pay to be in that position. What? Now, um, before we get to asking Lord Finesse all about Big Al and, uh, and Big Pond and a bunch more, Saif? I want to take a minute to talk about our friends at Bevel. Oh. Do you ever uh, shave Lord Finesse? Nah. You don't use razors, right? 
The barber does. I don't. Okay. We're going to help you out right now. We have the solution of all solutions. Yes, our friends at Mm getbevel.com. If you go over there, Lord Mm -hmm. Finesse or whoever, listener, you type in the code WANEP, they'll give you an incredible discount. All right? And you will be given a shaving kit that will change your life forever. Scythe, you had never touched razor blade to skin. Never. In your life. Until... Bevel. How do you like it? Oh, love it. Smooth. The other day, your skin was so smooth, I I almost just rubbed your face. Yeah. Is that weird? Why don't, Lord Finesse, why don't you do us a favor? Why don't you get Mike Smooth on the phone? Oh. And we'll see who's smoother. Him or me with a shaven, beveled face. <laughs> well said. Getbevel.com. Use the code WANEP. Support the podcast and get a great, great shaving system, which is meant for skin just like yours and mine. So, Finesse, um, that was very interesting, that Dre stuff. Uh, I didn't know, I had no idea you'd been out there working on detox. And I really do. I've, I've, I've personally given up on detox. I don't know if everyone else has. I've given up. But I do hope we get it one day, obviously. Um, it's never coming. How, so how did, so Big L was in school last, last we heard you talking about him, Big L was in school. Right. How do we get from Big L being in school to Big L uh, being signed to Columbia? Wow. Um, first thing I did, I was playing him for show. That was the first thing. I met this rapper. This dude is crazy, you know, and it was always a big thing if I liked somebody because I really wasn't liking nobody. So to um, play him on the, on the phone to show, and show was like, yo, this dude is... And, you know, I started cutting demos and taking them on interviews and, and doing a lot of things to build them up as an artist. And... You know, show did the the demo that really broke broke the broke the mold with Devil's Son. Devil's Son was it, huh? Yeah, Devil's Son is what what really got him signed. I mean, this song right here, guys. This was on. I think I heard it on a. That got him signed right there. I was doing some ill shit. Still sounds so dirty. The, the version I had on the mixtape was so dirty. So funny, so in, in 20 years before trolling it was the thing that existed, Big L was so trolling the shit out of people with mm-hmm. the things he was saying on that song. Like he was just saying such ridiculous things that would, you know, make people be like, what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> yeah. Is, was That's Dame right. Dash around then? Nah, nah, nah. I mean, he was probably working with, um, what's that group? Original Flavor. But nah, I don't think L was on his radar at that point. Dave Not Dash yet. was is the one who did Original Flavor. Nah, I think he was he was he was messing with Original Flavor. Oh, really? Like he was taking them around and working oh. with them already. Yeah. Him and Jay were already working together. Yeah, they'd already known each other. I, I don't know that history, but you know, when I, I thought think, Dame uh, Dash was oh Dame Dash was around Cameron mm-hmm. and Cameron was on Big L's album. Yes, right. That's what it was. So, so everyone's excited by the fact that you're excited about this guy, and you're telling everyone about how good Big L's, and you put together this demo which Showbiz produces, Devil Son. Right. Devil Son gets on mixtape, starts getting play around the the. the yeah, the you got to understand, he was on 
the Yeshume remix. So yeah. Buzz was on oh, there. Finesse. Then he was on um, Showbiz and AG Represent. So oh, he yeah. killed that. Hold on, first video. Yeah, but yes, you may remix. Oh my God. Yeah. Now check this out. Now what we have here. Louis, turn that down. <laughs> All day. And my man AG ain't here. And I got my man Big L in the house. You know what I'm saying? And we swinging shit for 90. Who did this beat? Um, T Ray. Right. He's very good. Fucking change. I gave a lot of black guys in my extorting days. Fucking with me. A lot of niggas So, get yeah. under the rope, shorty. You, you add this up, you're starting to get a little buzz going. It's starting to happen. Right. And who comes into the picture from Sony, from Columbia, that gets it done? David Kahn. That was the dude's name. Higher up dude. Like, he flipped over Devil's Son. That was his shit. Like, you know, show said, hey, this dude must have been satanic. Kind of worshippers. Because like, yeah. he loved it too much. Yeah, he loved it too much. And I think, um, <laughs> so he was there. He got L in the door, but he wasn't really the A&R. And I think L got lost in the mix up there. You know, because he had, um, you know, put it on and... Danger Zone and MVP, which were all great songs. Street Struck and... So, yeah, but none of them... So he had good songs on there, but nothing was happening. What it is is that you got the calm before the storm going on because now L, L started off with the buzz, but now you got a young Nas coming up. And everybody's talking about Young Nas, and not just because, you know, Nas was straight off of Live at the Barbecue. Mm. Not only just Live at the Barbecue, but he had the first of, uh, the first original all-star production cast, period. Yeah. All these dudes in their prime, Large, Pete, Tip, Primo. Premier. Yeah. So that combination, as well as him being a lyricist, kind of like... It kind of like over overshadowed like L stuff, and then right after Nas, you had the Fugees, and then A stuff got big, and L got kind of lost in the sauce up there. They ain't know what to do with L, and the original dude that brought him in wasn't there no more. Oh, always what happens. Which was another blessing for him because he became independent and got to do the songs he really wanted to do. So it wasn't no filter on, we need this type of song, we need that song. It's just, then you get Ebonics, and then you get the whole new L. We, which, by the way, there's such good stuff here, of course. I mean, just to give you a quick taste, if you don't know, guys. Pay attention and listen real closely how I break this thing shit down. Check it. My weed smokers, my lie. A key of coke is a pie. When I'm lifted, I'm high. When new clothes on, I'm fly. Cars is whips and sneakers is kicks. Greatest song ever. You put this in your top 20 all-time songs? Fat Beats. Classic! This is DITC, The Enemy, if anyone out there doesn't know this yet. If you don't know this, kill yourself. Shoot no, yourself no. in the fucking face. Take a bevel razor and slice your throat. You know what? Don't use bevel razor for that. I'm just saying. I, the, you know how people have, like, handshakes? Like, when they say a little certain handshakes? 
My handshake to Fat Joe every single time I ever see him. I've heard this before. Is, hey, yo, enough's enough. Federal's trying to set me up. Put me in cuffs. Greatest song ever. Another one? Did um, Saif, do you want to ask him about Diamond D going in Rashad Smith's pockets over this one? Oh, wow. <laughs> we know that story's out there, that Diamond, wow, Diamond wow. D was not he rumbled, he rumbled them dice. <laughs> tumbled them dice. <laughs> By the way, shout out to Rashad Smith. Love that guy. Tumbling dice. Great producer. Wow, wow, wow. But was, did, did not known get past... Stuff, <laughs> no, we know that his, it's old history now. But Diamond D was not pleased, obviously, about this song. No, nah, he, he wasn't pleased. No, he thought because I mean, let's be clear: everyone knew this record in New York. I mean, what, did you think that everyone? Is it hard for you to believe that someone wouldn't know this song if you're a producer, at least? Um, not at that time because that that single probably did about no lie about maybe fifty, sixty thousand. So yeah, independently, you could not say you didn't hear that. It was a big independent record. Right. Um, Now, around that same time, speaking of Puffy, because, of course, what we're referring to is that Rashad Smith produced the song on Diddy's album, which used the same beat. But um, weren't you supposed to be part of the Hitmen? I was the Hitmen before the Hitmen. You know about this, Seth? No, I don't know that. Tell us about this, Lord Finesse. Okay. um, Before Puffy even had Bad Boy, he worked in... uh, Uptown. M- yeah, Uptown MCA. Of course. When he was working with Mary and Joe see and, you know, he was heavy into recruiting, you know. And he was with Just West, you know, uh, Third Eye, Just mm-hmm. West from Third Eye. And Just was doing a lot of production. Just had um, taught me, he taught me the 950. And, you know, so I got the 1200 950, and he's telling Puff, yo, Lord Finesse got some beats, man. You got to check them. So I came in there and played some beats, and he was impressed, impressed enough to have me work with Biggie and, you know, do the Party and Bullshit remix. Um, Come On was done before Suicidal Thoughts. It just didn't make the cut for Ready to Die, and then you had Suicidal Thoughts. And, um, yeah, so I was there for a minute. But at the time, you know, my production game was was— it was moving because it's like I felt for every 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 remix of production Puff would get me, I would get seven to eight on my own. Mm. So I was feeling like, yo, you ain't working hard enough. Like, yo, you know, so we parted ways on good terms, you know, and I just kept producing. And then, you know, Bad Boy was created. And so starts the, the legacy of, you know of what? that. Yes, I did hear this. Let me know how I heard this. Mm. I know a lot of finesse stories through Mayhem, because <laughs> Mayhem was an A and R at Penalty. Okay, mm-hmm. and uh, and Shout he out, signed. Man. He signed. He's the one who signed you. Or nah. working. Or he was working with you when you were at nah, Penalty. Mayhem was my right hand man on Penalty. Yeah, like like that was my dude. And he would be like, "Yo, Puff did this." Or so I used to hear like little stories. That's how I knew the um, one of the stories I told earlier. Whatever it was, I remember. Um. You know who Mayhem is, right? Of course. Um, great DJ. F- a fine DJ, if you will. Um, but here's what I'm curious about. So you you started out with him early, and it never got weird. Is it possible 
Finesse, in hearing these stories, I do hear a little bit of a theme here. Is it possible, and I, I say this as someone who loves and admires you, mm-hmm. that you're a um, challenging guy to work with? What do you mean, like a hardhead? No, no, no. Demanding. Very demanding. And high expectations. That's I'm, what it sounds like to me. I'm just a dear dude that's just low tolerance, one. And when you deal with me, it got to be transparent. It can't be foggy with me. It got to be clear. You got to straight tell me all that read in between the lines and you didn't catch this sign. No, I'm not that type of dude. I'm that type of dude. Just tell me straight up how it's going to be, how it's going to go down. And I respect you a thousand percent. But when, when it gets funny style, yeah, when it gets funny style or people around you got hidden agendas and you find these agendas out, like I've always been an only child. So it's never nothing for me to be by myself. You know, and that's a strength because when you grow up and you can stand to be by yourself, it doesn't matter what people think, you know, but I don't think I'm challenging. I just think I'm a straight up dude. I'm a straight shooter. Do do you feel like you're not malleable enough to, to, to maybe put it, put that aside a little bit to get bigger things? More success. Because now there's never a point where you looked at Puffy and be like, but damn, I didn't know he was going to blow up like that. Nah, I don't look at it like that. I never no look regrets. at. Nah, I don't I don't have no regrets. I think it's a part of life. Life is experience. Life is learning. Mm. And, you know, I, I wish Puffy the greatest of success. Yeah, I'm not know? saying hate, but. You know, because at those times I used to hang out with Puff in his crib in Scarsdale. We used to snap. We used to joke. We had great times. And yeah. I still wish dude the best. You know, with me, my time is valuable. So I can work with you. But if stuff ain't panning out, not saying it got to pan out right away. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll give it a shot, and if it don't pan out, then you move on. I can't look back. I look at it like this. If you work with somebody and you put your best foot forward and you did your best you could and it couldn't get no better and it don't pan out, what do you have to regret? Nothing. Yeah. Not See, when you know you put your best foot forward, Right. now, now if you don't put your best foot forward and you're sitting there going, I should have did this or I could have did this, but I never really felt that. Um, I'm looking here at your, I can't, uh, your discography I see for you um, with a bunch of stuff on here. Did you produce a uh, composer and vocals? It says for runaway slave. Is that accurate? Wait a for no, that's, that's very inaccurate. You didn't what do you? it. What you, what you it's, a blue, it's, a, it's the only place I see that there's not a set. Your discography on Wikipedia is only your album discography. Oh, no, trash that Wikipedia stuff. That stuff, I think at one point they had my birthday on February 23rd, and it was the 19th. Like, your birthday's February 19th? Yeah, it's February 19th. My brother's so, birthday. Yeah, so when I look at these these things, they, they got to get it right. Okay, you produce on Trends of Culture Trends? Of course. Okay, of course you did. Uh, illegal, Untold Truth? Of course. What song did you do on there? Um, I did um, on the MIC. Okay, I like that record. Word Life. Uh, Word Life was Go Ahead. Um, ready to Die, of course. Bass Blaster. Guest star. No, it doesn't say you produced there. Um, Goodfellas, Show and AG. Oh, it doesn't uh, say producer. It says guest artist vocals. Okay, I know um, I did add on for Show and A. 
All right. It says here, well, it says The Awakening, which, of course, uh, makes sense. It's a good album. You got the instrumental album? Of course. Well, yeah. You know why I have it? Because it came with the original. Uh, touche. That's the crate. Why'd you do that? That's so wacky. That was so weird and cool at the time. That you did a double vinyl, one vinyl with the sing with the with the music, and one vinyl with the instrumental. It's the only time I've ever seen that done. Um, I did it because at the time, instead of releasing a hundred million singles, you know, and then put the instrumental out because that's what people was buying it for was the instrumental. Why not? Why not do a, a album instrumental? So. It, it does what it do, you know, if you want to mix it, if you want to have it on your radio show in the background, and you still get publishing from it. That's not, Saif, that's not stupid. No, did Mayhem have anything to do with that idea? No, nah, that was my idea. All yours. Yeah. Was Mayhem a lying piece of shit? No, I'm just saying, like, uh, you know, being around an A&R who's also nah, but a DJ I will college say, radio guy. Right, 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 right. Mayhem, Mayhem was always the filter between me and um, Neil. If Neil ain't kind of get something... Mayhem could kind of break it down why I felt the way I felt and why I think this record is it or why I think I want to do this or do that, you know? That's what a, that's what a good A&R is supposed to do. Bravo, Mayhem. What about this one, Saif? Oh, my God. Sounds what is this to... again? Actual facts. Oh. This album... Mixed with like, was it like a showbiz and AG, uh, like an EP? What's that? Fuck. It was like a, oh man, hold on, let me. What was the showbiz and AG EP? Party Group Soul Clock? No, Soul after, after Runaway Slave. Mm. No, they, they, they had an album. They had Goodfellas, the album yeah. afterwards. And then later they had one called Full Scale. Right. Full scale, maybe that's it. It was later though. That's later. That's like mm-hmm. almost two thousand. Oh, maybe. Three. That's ninety eight, maybe ninety nine. Where's this album? This is ninety six. Alright, let me see if there's anything else on here that is worth that. Uh, Ju- what'd you do on Jewels? Title Jewels. Good record. Um, Diamond, Hatred, Passion, Infidelity. Nah, I appeared on that. You were featured on Artifacts, That's Them. What, uh, collaboration of mics. What do you produce on the War Report? Um, Channel 10. <laughs> Sife, do you know that? No. Uh, Brand Nubian Foundation, Fat Joe, Don Cartagena. No, nah, I don't think I'm on there. That's what it says. Producer. Huh. No. Nah. Like How about this? What the hell? Why? Why is it completely and utterly made up that it's you're listed as having something to do with Jigga by, by Jay Z? Um, nothing. Like to do I with said that. completely made no, up. But it could be a sample or something. Oh uh, yeah, maybe oh, nah. line. Nah, zero. Never did anything with Hove. No. Have you ever had any relationship with him at all? I ran in a Hove a couple of times. Well, that's it. Just from no. I'm just from, from being in D and D. Yeah, you know, he was there. Actually, when Ock was doing uh, the interlude for the Awakening joint, he was there. He was like, yeah, y'all, ain't, y'all not going to rhyme on that? You know, that's that's the classic story I remember with Hove. Wait, what was it? What happened? What was the situation? Nah, we was doing the interlude. Like, it's the interlude beat on the Awakening with Ock and Ellie on it. Mm-hmm. So we got the beat running, and Ock is just talking on it. 
And, you know, Hove looked in and was like, y'all not going to rhyme on that? <laughs> like, nah, it's just an interlude, you know? I'll take it. What if uh, he said that? I'll take that, B. Yeah, he could have got that. <laughs> There's yeah. a price. Everybody's got a price. Um, what what about Big L? Like, we know, you know, we we love Big L so much musically. We know so little about him, you know, as a person. What stands out to you when you think about Big L, you know, Lamont Coleman, the guy you know, that you knew? What, what do you think of? Um, Just... Oh, man, just so talented. I think he could have been a stand-up comedian straight up. Mm-hmm. Like, he was that he was that funny. But he was a natural funny. He wasn't like he tried. You know how some people tell jokes and try to be funny? Listen to this joke, and, you know, or they laugh at your joke and then try to initialize a joke in it. And then, No, no. He was just naturally funny, but... The only weird part about it, if you ain't know him, he's not going to laugh and he's not going to joke. You're going to think he's quiet. You're going to think he's to himself. But around us, man, he acted a fool, man. He was a, oh, man. I mean, the day my grandmother died, um, I remember just being just distraught. And um, show was like, yo, come down to the studio with us. Just just come down and just be around the crew. Uh, you know. I come down there, and um, it was, I just remember him and AG going at it, just snapping and joking, and and it was the worst day in my life, and they they had my stomach hurting just laughing, <laughs> you know. So I'll I'll never forget that time, you know. And he was a, I mean, one of my greatest blessings in the game, you know. To watch you bring somebody in the game and help them develop, and then they they developing and they going to a whole nother level, but they always on the phone letting them letting you know like, look, man, you good, yo, man, you know he had his independent records going, and it's like, yo, I just did this and I got this and I'm getting ready to do this, and, and yo, you good, yo, because at the time I ain't want to rap no more. I was happy for him. I'm like, yo, you run with the torch. I'm done. Nah, you can't be done. What you mean you done? I'm like, yo, cuz it's just like whatever you accomplish, I feel I accomplish. So I ain't like some people need the spotlight and they scared of like, you know, that's why you got people jumping on all these songs, jumping in front of the spotlight because they're afraid after a while people won't remember you. You know, I'm I'm like the exact opposite. If the camera's on the right hand side, I'm somewhere buried far in the left hand side. I don't want nothing to do with that. I'm I'm happy and content and um I still love music. I'm never gonna stop doing music, but for the most part, yeah, that was like that was a blessing. Like sometime I just sit and always think about like dag. I wish he was still here. Were you were you shocked how it ended for him? Very shocked. Like nothing could prepare me for that. Nothing. Nothing, because I I didn't see it coming, didn't believe when it happened, couldn't understand why it happened, because he was the youngest out of all of us. So we all thinking we're gonna grow old together, and to have your youngest, your youngest dude taken from you, you know, you can't you can't really you can't really. Did you did you know his brother? Um, which one? 
I mean, didn't he get into beef because I mean, of his brother? Mm, something I'd rather not talk about. Right. But um, I've met Lee when Lee came home. I was with my brother, Big Lee, holding yeah, it down. I was with oh, nice Lee. Quote. Thank you. You know, I was with Lee the day that Lee, you know, Lee got, you know, he got killed. You know, I was with him that morning talking about, you know, the the things he wanted to do music wise. Mm. And, you know, and then later on I hear like he got killed. And I was like, well, dang, I was I was just with him. I was and just with him when, that morning. You're talking about when his brother was killed. Yeah. Which is before or after? What, L? Yeah. This was after L. It was all after L. Yeah, so I don't, you know, certain things I, I'll probably never understand, you know? I just won't. Did, who, who'd you hear from when you found out about L? Um, was it from someone else in the crew or is it someone who just... Yeah, somebody else in the crew. I was in the studio session and it was like, yo, you know, L, you know, L brother Lee got killed. And it was like, wow. You know, that was, it's just crazy, man. It's sad crazy you know to see people taken way before they time did you, was it weird for you or does it just make you happy to see sort of what the um to see how big a star l has become posthumously because he's really really famous both. now both because l was l was the dude before he got killed you know and for people to notice and recognize him and want to salute him now that he's gone, yeah, I feel weird about it because why not tell somebody they dope when they're here? Why they got to always pass away? Then the sales go up when they pass away. And all these people that wasn't ever your friend or wasn't in with you, now they want to do tributes for you and want to start blasting off on the radio with all your songs. Do this when people are alive. You know, that's that's what I feel about that. And I'm happy that L got, you know, these newfound fans. And, you know, I'm not saying don't be an L fan, you know. But, you know, the new fans, I welcome the new fans. People who knew him, you know, that want to celebrate him after the fact, it's it's hard for me to swallow, you know, because I'm, I'm just like that. No, no, because, I mean, the reality is L was, while he was alive, was— um at least outside of New York, I can't speak for being in New York at the time, but outside of New York, he was an underground artist still. He was someone that you, if you were in the know and you paid attention, you were a big fan of Big L. Yeah, no, no doubt. I just don't, you know, with me, it's like people might have ran across L here and there, but you let them tell it, shit is like a two-part novel, you know? <laughs> Just say I bumped into him here and keep it moving. But some of the stories I I, I hear and things I have, nah, he was my dude. And it's just like, dude, you wasn't even there. Like, you know, stuff like that irritates me, you yeah. know. Understandably, me too. Uh, were there ever? Do you ever recall any interactions between Big Al and Big Pun? No. I heard about the interaction between, like, Al and Pun. I heard they had a cipher think during one of Fat Joe's video shoots, like, uh, what was that? John Blaze. And I heard they was in the trailer going back and forth lyrically, you know. Which was, would make sense timing-wise. Yeah. Because Pun was around for sure. L was still around for yeah. sure. Yeah, but he was there during the video shoot, I heard, you know, it was going back and forth. How it go went down and who said what? No, I don't know nothing. Uh, now, speaking of uh, legends who are no longer with us, do you have um, recollections of working with Big? I mean, you guys did a few joints together. Yeah, 
Big, man. I have a ton of memories with Big because I used to hang out with him in the sessions. Even if it wasn't my session, I would go hanging out with Big was just like an adventure, man. It's like recording with him. We would shoot dice. We would drink. We would eat. It was like it was like recording in a buffet or something, you know? Because you get to just do everything, you know? You do a little gambling, do a little eating, do a little drinking, and then sometime in the, the wee hours of the night. <laughs> Something would happen. Yeah, he would, but he would get the work done. He would. I don't know how he formulated this, you know, but he would go in that booth and he would do what he have to do and shit would be amazing, you know, so. He and, was a funny dude too, right? Yeah, and then we had, we had, me and Buck always talk about the infamous, we used to have the infamous, the infamous phone line collections, you know, them, them connections where, okay, I call, okay, Cypher calls me, I call you, Buck might call Big, Big might call this one, and it'd be no lie, it'd be like seven, eight of us on the phone. And we would have these sessions like, I say at least three times out the week, because we used to all get up early. And we used to have these these sessions with me, Buck, Easy LP. It used to always be about like, well, what record shops we going to hit? What y'all doing today? Let's go record shopping. And it was those those classic memories. And Big would be on these calls sometimes? Yeah, if he had a session, like, yo, I'm, I'm going to be at Soundtrack tonight. Yo, what y'all doing? Come through. And we would laugh and we would joke and tell stories and stuff like that. Priceless. Saif, do you remember the old uh, party line days? Nah, I didn't have no friends. <laughs> Just you on one phone, your mom in the other room. <laughs> your sister on another phone in the same house. I didn't have no friends. <laughs> three-way calling was the shit. That was a big deal, three-way calling. Nah, the shit was when we found out that your phone would ring differently when somebody was three-way calling you. Like if wow. your phone was like, but if somebody was three-way calling me, you might be like, yeah. yeah, all these niggas is trying to get me, yo. <laughs> yeah, the, the other thing about the phones, like the, the receiver phones, was they was the phones you can actually take a headphone and put the headphone to the receiver, and we play beats, and the beats come through crystal clear. Yeah. Because imagine if you take the headphones off and you just put it on a receiver, you could still listen, and you just playing your beats. But you can cover the whole phone and yeah, play it pretty can, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we, we we was into all that stuff. Um, what's your favorite record that you did of of the big songs that you did? Oh, I think "Come On." I wasn't because with "Suicidal Thoughts," I laid the beat, but I wasn't there when he was doing the vocals. Mm. With "Come On," I, I had him and Sadat in there drinking and laughing and joking and. Yeah, I wasn't there for that. You just gave the beat, and then we did have a session where I was there, but it didn't get done. It didn't get done. We freestyled off of that, but you too. Yeah, that's out there floating too. That exists. It's floating. I don't know who got it. I used to have. Of course, on my computer to extortion. But Come On came out, uh, that that was on mixtapes well before anything, right? Yeah, because I think that, that hit mixtapes probably after Ready to Die or something. No, I think before Ready to Die. Yeah? I, I maintain that. I believe Come On was still out around the time Fuck the World came out. Oh, wow. I think I heard it on the same tape. 
Yeah. I have a question. In your original version of uh, Ready to Die, did it include this? And your choice of irresistible entrees, like new citrus chicken Sorrento. Then take home another entree free. Buy one, take one. Nah. Oh, no no Olive Garden that? ad beforehand? Oh, that's YouTube, sorry. Nah, okay. that's YouTube. Nah, that's not my version. Boo! That's Clark's version. No disrespect to the Clark version, but YouTube sometimes just be getting shit wrong. I don't yeah. know why I don't have an original come on on my thing. Oh, this looks good because, let me tell you, oh yeah, Lord Finesse Mix. Because this white label looks like the one. That's, That's what she said. Look how awesome this boulet look. Oh, I have that. You do? Yeah. Yo, Finesse. Yelly. Yo, Finesse, you're pretty good, man. You ever realize how good you are? You ever sit back and hear a song and go, damn, I'm good. I did my fucking thing. I'm fucking nah, tight. I think. Um, I'm tight. Nah. I think when I do music, I just know when I did something, I'm like, yo, that's that's hot. But What do you feel that way about in your collection that you're like, man, this is a good one. Oh, I'm not going to lie. This is a good one. Off and on. Off and on. Uh, Trends of culture. Trends of culture. Add there it on, is, baby pa. Add on when I first did add on. Because that was like, I just did that. And um show was like, y'all want that. And I, I came to Power Play Studios, laid that down, you know. Um, of course, the message joint, it's just a lot. It's a lot of joints. But, you know, for the most part, I'm still, I just try to stay grounded and keep focused forward. I don't try to get hung up on something. Just try to keep recreating recreating joints how big is your uh, vinyl collection a little over 10 10,000 so it's not mm-hmm. too it's not insane you're not you're not one of those guys who has 100,000 nah, I do a lot of records out you know I just kind of got straight to the point I mean you could have a lot of records you could have 90,000 records but if only 15,000 of them is good and what the fuck's the point of the collection yeah what's the you know what's the point of the other 75,000 you know look good yeah, that's that's what yeah. I, I I've tried to get better about that too. Just always kind of narrowing it down and making it better instead of having it be bigger. Yeah, like I go through records and go, why did I buy this? Do you like DJing? Love DJing. Uh, how often do you DJ these days? Uh, I actually got a, a gig coming up, uh, Virginia Hampton. What kind of stuff will you play? And do you play on Serato or you bring vinyl? I could bring vinyl. I ain't gonna cut my forty fives. I bring vinyl. You know, I got, I got, I could bring vinyl, but you won't but, bring forty fives. Nah, why? Because nah, too expensive. I don't have like my most of my forty fives are mint condition. These ain't beat up forty fives that I can, you know, rewind and bring back. And where where are you? one wrong rub will put some hellified chicken on your forty five. Well, that is the difference between a forty five and a twelve inch. That is for sure. Yeah, there are some records depending on the pressing. Like for example, uh, I was talking about this with Just Plays the other day. You basically can't get a copy um, 
an American copy of the Steely Dan record. Uh, what's the record again? The the Lord Turek uh, and Peter Guns um, record. Um, yeah. Is it Black Cow? No. Yes, Brown okay. Black Cow. Black Cow. Okay. You basically can't get Black Cow on forty five without if you bring it back a few times without the hiss kicking in. It's one of those records that for some yeah. reason if you bring it back three times it goes every time you play it. So 45s are different in that regard. You destroy the value. If I got a record that I know is like worth 400, why will I go to a party and devalue my record? Were you always collecting 45s or to come along later? Or was it that the first thing? Here you and there. I'm not a, a, a avid, you know, 45 collector, you know. I'm, I just collect them here and there. Okay, I like that. Let me get that. I which, like that. Let me get which that. Which ones, are there any that come to your mind that you know you love that are some of the prized ones? Yeah. Uh, my Tyrone Carr. Tyrone and Carr, uh, Take Me With You. Love that. Seen it in uh, Bristol in the UK. Thought I was going to come up until money told me 200 euro. And I was like, yeah, I don't need it that bad, you know? Did someone use this? Or is it just a dope song you like? Not that version. They probably used the Lynn Christopher version. When you're calling. So why is this why was this like such a priority for you? Just because it's a song you love. I like the Lynn Christopher joint, but that one is funkier from, from beginning to end. Here's the Lynn Christopher one. See what this one sounds like. And I want to ask you a... Oh, yeah. Oh, this one. See, that's cool, but it got that noise in there. That, that other one is just, that's just funky. funky. Yeah. What else? What else on your list of stuff that really sticks out? 45? Yeah. Wow, I'm not in front of my... Um, the Chantels. Um, what's the name of the record? I don't know the the title is not coming off of maybe oh. look in my eyes I love you so he's gone the plea every night I pray eternally sure of I love live maybe nah none of that stuff those are just what came it's up it's a on rare it. promo um do you have so you have like thousands of 45s or just a couple like a few hundred probably got a few hundred yeah you wanna let me hold those <laughs> so you can devalue them <laughs> yeah, that, that was a type of laugh that Big L would cause. That was a real. I really, he from really the laughed. Gut laugh. <laughs> he actually, <laughs> he actually laughed about the idea of me holding on to those. Um, Sife, is there? I've been running my mouth a lot. Sife, is there anything you wanted to ask Vanessa about from no, a production man, standpoint? Pretty covered, man. Pretty covered. Machines of choice, and we know you used. Uh, you brought up the. What did you bring up earlier? The nine fifty. Yeah, it was the SP twelve hundred nine fifty. That's the SP twelve has always been your fave. Yeah, that's that's always been been my fave because of uh, being able to program and it was so simple. But it was like instant funk. Now it's just like it's the Renaissance. It's the Renaissance and NPC Renaissance. Yes, definite and uh, Ableton. I've been on Ableton for forty-five years now. This is, by the way, a beat on uh, Lord Finesse's new all instrumental project called the SP twelve hundred project: A Reawakening. Mm. Available on iTunes right now. Right now. Not now. Right now. And these are um these are beats from that era from the nineties? Yeah. When I when I looked at it, how everybody was always asking me for that retro sound, 
Yo, if if you do an album, it should sound like The Awakening. And it's just like, you like beats like that? Okay, I got like over 80 of those. Let me hit you with some of those. You know, and give you that vibe. That's The Awakening sound right there. This is how it started. Ready? It's Lord Finesse. But sorry, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, but... Oh, what about... No, I'll wait till you're done. But the the new stuff is... is the, what's the Funk Soul Brother thing? Oh, Fat Boy Slim. Yeah. I want to go there. You can't go there? Yeah, we can go there. Why what, not? Let's go there. Yeah, what the hell? Check it out Hold now. Wait, we're playing. We got to play it. We got to play it. Fat Boy. I, I think my, my rendition sounded better. I don't know. I, Check I, it out now. <laughs> the funk soul brother. Here it is. This song right now, this song was so mage. It became such a big deal. And I think all of us in hip hop just in, in, assumed the first time we heard this that Lord Finesse must have gotten an amazing check. And there must be an interesting story here about why this song right here. Right about now. The funk soul brother, check it out now. The funk soul brother, right about now. The funk soul brother, check it out now. The funk soul brother, right about now. The funk soul brother, check it out now. So, what the hell happened with this, uh, Lord Finesse? Okay. See, it's hard for me to explain the story to y'all because y'all familiar with the record. Okay. Okay, but I'm thinking from a hip hop aspect. I was um, emailed to clear a record. Okay. And it's like, look, we're going to pay you X, Y, Z. We used your record in a hook to a song. Mm -hmm. You know, UK, they reached out. Sounds so good. Sounds good. It's like, yeah, I don't, I don't see no problem with that. But when you think of a hook from a hip-hop standpoint, you know, when I think of hip-hop, a hook is usually a four to eight bar hook that comes in after verses and stuff. And where they got over is they never sent me a cassette of the song. I'm thinking how hard it is to clear samples. I don't want to be an ass, you know, so, dag, let me. Right, you're trying to support the music the same right. way because you sampled. So you want people exactly. to. So now you clear it and it's just like, nah, I don't, you know, I'm not stressing that, you know. Rock so out. do they pay you up front or you just ask for it? Yeah, a... nah, they pay me up front. But a regular check. But they ain't. Like, if I would have heard the song and seen my voice was the whole song, mm. then it's different. That's not a hook. It is a hook, but it's the song. You're you're basically the performer of the song. Exactly. So all so you got the, some money up front, and you got, did you get a residual? You got some residuals? I got some. Yeah, I did get something, but. Something know. decent? Like, did it make an impact? What you got, at least? At the time, it was it was cool, you know. It was, it but was if cool. you had it to do over again, you wish it had been a higher percentage. Um, yeah, it would have went different because, like I said, at that time with so much going on, you asked me to clear something. It's just like I ain't have a lawyer look at it. It's just like, all right, it's just a hook to a song. All right, go ahead. You know, that's how I looked at it. Now it makes you have to look at everything from a business standpoint. Which is which is what eventually led to your situation with Mac Miller, that which became like a big thing. Why you weren't so forgiving about a, a it, being it, used. It, it wasn't I can't really talk about the Mac Miller thing, you know? But in general, let's talk about in general what people think, you know? Because with the Mac stuff, people heard one side of the story 
they heard it being publicized so much. And that's one thing was talked about. Nobody did that journalistic work of researching. They just heard the story. No, no, no one does that anymore. And they yeah. went with it, you know. And I always tell people, if, you know, in the story, is three sides to the story. It's your side, is my side, it's the truth. How many sides did you hear? One. That's that's it, you know. But with with mixtapes, people don't understand, you know, just people in general thinking with mixtapes, nah, it's just I took it and I put it out for free. But you're making incomes in different different outputs that the average person don't understand. They don't understand about YouTube. They don't understand about Amazon and Rhapsody and iTunes and all these different... Not to mention show money and all the things that lead right. to Right. They don't understand the You're different things. The song. Or performing the song. If you perform the song, you're getting money from it. Nothing's ever for free. Cause, she said. You know, nothing's ever for free because when, you know, when you look at blog sites and they giving away stuff, it appears to be for free. But that's only to draw the traffic to the blog sites mm-hmm. so they can get their money from the sponsors. Mm-hmm. So was it really for free? Right. Well, it was for free for you because you gave them something and they put it out there, but they made money off of it and you didn't. Now, if you want to live your whole life doing dumb shit like that, then do it if that's what you feel. But at the end of the day, people don't know what mixtapes, they just say it's for free, but there's so many ways to get paid. Mm. The average dumb person just think, nah, you just give it out. No. No, right. A real person knows how to milk the shit out of a mixtape. And, you know, that's what it is. And people don't understand. And I get it. If you don't understand, you don't understand. But with that with that issue, 9 out of 10, what happens is I have to educate you and then explain. That's too much work, you know? So if you don't understand it, then you just would you don't have been happy it. with the Funk Soul Brother thing? Would you have been pleased if, at the very least, if you didn't know it was going to be that way, if you would have at least gotten a a feature credit, could have been cool. Like if they're going to say, "Oh, listen, you're going to give you X amount, but it's going to say Fat Boy Slim and Lord Finesse." Like I said, because it, it didn't do anything for your brand because no one knew it was your voice, right? But what what I'm saying is just being transparent. You know, if you transparent with me and you say X, Y, Z, boom, 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 you give me an honest view of everything. Mm-hmm. Nothing's hidden. But when you kind of leave out a few things and you tell a story and then you want my answer on it and then I find out the real story and I flip out. How can you how can you get that's why I say I don't think I'm hard to work with anybody that knows me. I'm the coolest dude. You know, in my, my experience, you have it. My 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 family knows I'm the coolest dude, and I try to be the fairest dude. You know, but I like this transparent thing, just be transparent. It's true. Transparency is huge, but people don't be transparent. It's just like in this game, you have to work for everything. Like if you want a raise, I can't wait for you to give me a raise. I can't say, well, I've been doing enough work, so hopefully they offer me more now. Mm-hmm. Oh. As an artist, you have to you have to say, look, I've been there. I don't do that no more for that. You know, you don't get what you deserve. You only get what you negotiate. Mm. 
Mm-mm-mm. And on I, that note, yeah, people. I hope people stay to the end because Lord Finesse dropped gems. Um, Finesse, thank you. Thank you for having me, Lord Finesse. Thank you for soundtracking my uh, early manhood. I guess that's not weird. No, that's a little weird, but I do know what you mean. Yeah, you are truly one of the greatest to ever do it. I appreciate that. The, the, like, the voice, the production, everything, man. You you are. You are a gift to us. So we, uh, you're one of those guys that if I meet someone, I'm in the, I could be in the middle of the random part of the world, and if I'm like, oh, you like music, blah, blah, I'm like, yo, I like Lord Finesse. I'd be like, oh, okay, you know what I'm saying? Right. It's international code you know for real music. You know, what you're <laughs> you know what you're dealing with. Nah, so thank y'all for having me. Straight up. And um and of course the SP1200 project, a reawakening, is available right now on iTunes. Laura Styles. Uh, shout has been- out to Soul Spasm. Definitely want to say shout out to Jim. Good looking. Hey, Laura Finesse, thank you, brother. Nah, thank y'all. Laura and the lady from Bevel shooting pictures, thank you as well. Can I have some of those pictures? Yeah. And we'll get you a picture, Laura Finesse. All right. right. Uh, We out. Remember, if you're trying to get down with Sife's improv classes, don't get gassed at gmail.com. Please. How that works, Sife? You just... You know, go to your your school and and you provide a stage and some. Finesse, you trying to join Sife's class uh, for my improv class? Uh, I ain't ready to do that yet. Yet you, you hear it? Yeah. Oh, you know, Sife for my student. show, the show that I want you to be on. No, no, I'm gonna do that. Oh yeah, he's talking but about I being ain't. a student, Sife. Oh yeah, duh, I yeah. might, I might. You should yeah, come, you man. Know. Come check it out. That's a hard Look, thing, man. I'm People doing don't a, know, I'm man. doing a workshop. The workshop is just a one time thing where you come see and I tease. All the things I'll be teaching, so you should come to that. Even Ebro hit me wants to come. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I'm on man. Yeah. You bomb up on on comedian when you like. No, no, no. That that's stand up. Okay. If you do stand up, you're standing by yourself, and you bomb. I bombed last night, and that shit hurt. You bombed last night? Oh, in front of Drewski. Psychologically, oh. you might not recover from that. No, nah, I know? mean you. I, it, when I used to bomb back in the day, it would take me a while to go. You back see what on stage. I say? Because when you do the stand up, right? You don't invited your friends, your family, <sighs> yeah, your parents, everybody there. They cheering <sighs> you on, and you bomb in front of the family. That's the Thanksgiving really? story for like the next <laughs> five years, <laughs> and then they forcing you like, Scythe, maybe the. The jokes ain't for you. <laughs> Why don't you go back to school and you you get that? Yeah, I went through that with the rap thing. I ain't yeah. bomb, but you know the family used to go. You know my cousin Cam, he did like four years of college. That's my dude. That's like he's like my brother. He's my yeah. cousin. But it was always that comparison. You know Cam is in, <laughs> in school and he's doing great and we like your and, raps and he wants to be the rapper. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I used to go through that. Well, you know? Of course, we all did. You hey, know, guess who I've heard of? Lord Finesse. <laughs> but Cam was responsible for El Biscuits. You ever heard of El Biscuits? Uh, yeah, I saw that. I, I remember El Biscuits, and you produced for El Biscuits. Not surprising. Yeah, so that was his group. Wow. Even though he went to college, yeah, still didn't do it right. Nah, that's my dude. We talk. Hey, we talk every day. Finesse. Thank you, bro. Thank you. Cheers.